The Lord laughs at the enemy. Because that's exactly what he is doing. He laughs at the enemy. What does that mean for us? That he who endures to the end wins. I am speaking to a group of people that know that they know that they know. And if you don't, we'll make sure that you know that you know that you know that you're going to endure to the end. Say, I'm going to endure to the end. And because I endure to the end, I win. I win. Romans 3, 3 through 5. I've got it in the New Living Version. But this is what it says. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. All these things that we're hearing right now, it's helping us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. Amen. And character strengthens our confidence, our confidence, our hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. This is what the word says. It's not going to lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. Do you know how dearly God loves you? He, we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us his Holy Spirit of which we have just seen his moving, the power of the Holy Spirit here moving for you, for each and every one of you tonight. Did you not feel his power tonight? Did you not feel his stirring tonight? Did you not feel his glorious presence? We know that he is powerful. We know that the love of God has been shut abroad in our heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're here. Get ready to hear the word. Get ready to hear the word that's going to change your life. You came in one way, but you're going out a whole nother way. Because your confidence is growing. Your assurance in Christ is growing. Your ability to know that you are right where God has called you to be is growing right now. Your ability to be able to hear headlines, media, this, that, family, whatever. Your ability to be able to hear this stuff constantly, be maybe even being bombarded, but your ability to, to decipher what's true from what's false is growing right now, today, in Jesus' name. We decree it because you were born for such a time as this. Amen. You're born for such a time as this. All that the Lord has invested in you, in each one of us, everything that the Lord has invested in us is for this time right now. Can you, can you say amen to that? Yeah. Everything. I believe everything that the Lord has poured into our lives up until this time is for right now. For right now. For this day. For this season. Right? So for you to make a difference. We are called by God to make a difference in this world. We are not called to comply with the irrational. Listen to this. We're not called to comply with the irrational, erratic behavior that you see going on. We are not called to comply to that. We are the head and not the tail. We carry the wisdom and the power and the strength of the Holy One, the Lord our God. And so we walk with an anointing. We walk with an authority. That's what you walk in. You walk in an anointing that God has given you. You are anointed of God. You're called for his purposes on earth. Amen. Actually, the times that we are living in are just, they are fulfilling biblical prophecy. They are fulfilling biblical prophecy. So the real war that we see going around is really an antichrist spirit. If you want to just boil it down, it is really just an anti-God. It's an antichrist. You can say this and that. Oh, the Black Lives Matter. Oh, you know the you know the Luciferian thing that's sup supposedly planned for tomorrow. All these different things. It bottom line, it is an anti. 
Christ agenda. There is an antichrist that's just looming over the land. But God, where is he? He's seated in the heavens. But God, he says, I've given you anointing. I've given you power. But God, he says, I have not left. I don't abdicate my position. And I've called you to come up higher. I've called you to walk in the strength of God. I've called you to walk in what I have poured into you. The power of the Holy Ghost in you. In each and every one of us. So the enemy has exposed his hand. That's a good thing. Say that's a good thing. The enemy has exposed his hand. And even more so in these past few months. And many of you have taken a stand. And you have not succumbed to his devious deceit. Say I'm not going to succumb to his devious deceit. Because that's what it is. It's a devious deceit. The enemy has people tormented and fearful and so afraid even of their own shadow. But let me tell you, when you want to control somebody, before, if you want to control somebody, you first, you cause them to fear you. You cause them to fear you. You start to bring all these manner of lies about so that they start to think that they must do everything that they hear, no matter what, checked out the brain at the door. They just must do because now the agenda is to control. Now the agenda is to, is to put you underneath their feet. But I'll tell you, you what it's only the enemy that's underneath our feet we're not going to allow any demonic spirit to put you under when God says you're above I believe that the church is supposed to gather together I believe the church is meant to what salvation get people saved healing people come and they get healed deliverance people come they get they get delivered the church is also called to equip people the church is also called to empower people when you gather we are here to empower God is here to empower you that's what happens when the church gathers together amen amen so but many are paying a price for taking a stand Many of you may be even paying a price in your own families for taking a stand. What do I mean by that? Some of your own family members and other Christians in the community don't agree with what you have, which what you believe. They don't agree with your position. They don't like that you're not complying. They're upset that you're still going to church. They're upset that you're not out doing this and that and posting this and that. They're upset that you're not complying. Is anybody in this room experiencing any of what I am talking about? Yeah, some of us are experiencing where our own family and other Christian communities are like, wow, you know, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Oh, who do we think we are? We know who we are. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. We know who we are. We've been called. We've been marked out. We've been bought with the blood of the Lamb. We know who we are. Right? We're the head and we're not the tail. We were called to be God's ambassadors this day and this hour to walk in courageous faith. To walk in courageous faith. We were called to hang on to the hem of his garment, but we were called to decree the word of truth. We were called to be bold for the Lord that every demon and power and principality succumbs, comes down, bows their knee because we carry the anointing. The anointing. We're anointed of God. That's who you are. That's who we are. So I want to address this today because so I want to give you guys, I want, the word will give you the courage. The word gives us courage. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If the world hates you, I find peace in this. 
Does anybody else find peace in this? Yeah. If the world hates you, know that it hated me, saith the Lord Jesus Christ, before it hated you. Now, Matthew 24, 3 through 13. This would be a perfect time to read this, I thought. These are signs of the times and the end of the age. It says, Now, as he sat on the, on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, That Jesus, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming? And the end of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to him, Take heed, he said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Right there. We need to be praying, Father, increase my discernment. I tell you this all the time, all the time. And I, and I feel like I need to continue to say that because I think it's very, very important because we know the enemy is crafty. So take heed, he says, that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name and say, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And it says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. I love that right there. See that you are not troubled. In the day of trouble, see that you are not troubled because he is with us. Church, he's with us. No matter what, he is with you and he's for you. So in the day of trouble, see that you are not troubled. He says, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. See, so we, that will give us, that will give us encouragement, that will give us confidence to know that we're going to stand firm knowing the end is not yet. I believe we still have some time, guys. I, I don't believe the world is coming to an end. I mean, someday, but I don't believe that it's right now. I believe we have time, okay? We have time to witness. We have time to go out and pray for people. We have time to go lay hands on the sick. We have time to be the church. We have time to plant. We have time to harvest. I believe we still have time. But, but yes, it's dark out there, absolutely. But when it's dark, the light shines brighter. The light is more evident. The light is so clear. But this is the time where the signs and the wonders are gonna be so apparent because wickedness is abounding. But his grace is abounding more. So that's got to give us some confidence. We're going to endure to the end. Say, I'm going to endure to the end because of Christ in me. Because of Christ in me. Because of Christ in you. Because our confidence is not in ourselves, but it is in Christ. Our confidence is in Christ. So because of Christ in me, we are going to, we are going to, we are going to endure to the end. So I was thinking about this, and the Lord was reminding me of Jesus and how Jesus was also misunderstood. He was misunderstood by his parents. He was misunderstood by his brothers. He was misunderstood by his disciples. He was misunderstood by people of his own town and by the religious rulers and the leaders of that time and that age. He was misunderstood too. So if you feel like you've been misunderstood, say you're in good company. I'm in good company. I'm in good company. We're not going to take the bait. We're not going to allow an offense to come and creep in. Amen? Because we have a job to do and we're the saints of God. So I, I thought I would just share some of these of how Jesus was misunderstood. Maybe we can turn to Luke chapter 2 verses 41 through 50 because his parents didn't understand when Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. And his parents didn't understand him. You, you guys remember that when they went to the temple, right? And they were trying to find him and they didn't know where he was. And Jesus was 12 years old. He was 12 years old. But, you know, and they went back, they're like looking for him. They're like, where is he? Where is he? Well, he was in his father's house. Turn into Luke chapter 2, verse 41. His parents, verse 41, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of, of the Passover. I'm going to read to you a little bit, of some, so a lot of scripture here a little bit, but just 
Listen, because it's the scripture, it's the word of God that's, that changes us. Amen? So his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished, it says the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went on a day's journey. And they sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. And so when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple. You can picture the scene. They find him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished. They're like, what kind of, you know, he asks these questions and then the understanding that he has. How does he have this kind of understanding? You know, he's 12. And so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. We don't understand what you're doing, Jesus. What are you doing? Look at verse 49. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Look at verse 50. They did not understand. They didn't understand. They're like, okay, you're 12. Like, you know, but... When his parents didn't even understand, and there are people in our lives, some of your parents don't understand. Some of your parents are fearful. Some of your parents will tell you, I wish you would just stop being so bold. Can't you just go along and get along? Can't you just go along with the crowd? Can't you just be quiet? Why? Why do you got to do this? He was misunderstood by his parents. And then his brothers. In John 7, 2 through 9, even his brothers did not believe him. Jesus told them that the world would not hate you. It says, but he said, but it hates me because I expose the works of evil. So when you expose the works of evil, of course the world's going to hate you. The world hates when you stand for truth. When, and that's why he said it hates me because I expose the works of evil. But we are called to be ambassadors for the Lord, right? And we do so in, with wisdom, of course, but we are not called to shrink back in fear. And so my point here is I just want you to say Jesus was misunderstood by his parents, by his brother, brothers, by his disciples, by people in the, in the town, by the religious rulers. And I just have one more, those of his, of his own town. Jesus was rejected at Nazareth. And they marveled at his saying, this is Luke 4.22 if you're wondering, they marveled at his saying and and they said is this not joseph son is this not joseph's son right and jesus responded to them in luke 4 24 and he said surely i say to you no prophet is accepted in his own country Amen. and when you go over to verse 28 and 29 of luke chapter 4 it says they were all filled with wrath and they rose up and they they wanted to thrust him out of the city and they led him to the to the brow of the hill of which the city was built, that they would throw him over the cliff. They wanted to throw him over the cliff. And, and, and then passing through the midst of them, he went, he went his way. But this shows you right here that those of his own town that knew him as the carpenter's son, and now carpenter's son, who are you and what are you saying? And some of your family want to put you, or church members, in a box. Like, who do you think you are? And they want to squelch what the Holy Spirit is doing. Now, this is not to point fingers, he said, she said, and it's us against them. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But my point here in his saying is, is I want you guys to realize it's normal. It is normal when you are 
mistreated, persecuted, you know, when you're not understood by some of those that really should understand or we think they should because they're closest to us. But it's okay because we're in good company. It's okay because you get to pray for them. It's okay because you get to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. It's okay because God has called you. He's given you faith. And he says that faith that I have given you is growing. It is growing. And so you're called to do greater works. Is that not true? Yes, it is true. Amen. Amen. So do not let your soul be troubled. For this purpose you were born. That's why I started out with this. For this purpose you were born in this generation and for this season to expose the works of darkness and to bring glory to the King of Kings. And in John 12, 27, Jesus said in predicting his death on the cross, he said, now my soul is troubled. Let, let's go there. John 12. John chapter 12. I want, I want to read it to you from the word. Verse 27. Thank you, Father. And he said, now my soul is troubled. At what end? He says, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. It was for this purpose. And he came to, the, to destroy the works of darkness. He says, for this purpose, I've come to this hour. You, to expose 1 John 3, 8. Maybe we can put 1 John 3, 8. Because for this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he would expose, he would destroy the works of darkness, the works of the enemy, the works of the, of the devil. And we are called to do what Jesus did. You are called. I want you to say it over yourself. I'm called to do the works that Jesus did. You know, every single one of us, Michelle, you're called to do the works of Jesus. We are called to, to do the works of Jesus. Jordy, you're called to do the works of Jesus. We are called to do the works of Jesus. That the same works that he did, he said greater works shall we do, right? Yeah. So we, knowing that, knowing that, and understanding that the world that we live in, we get to not bury our head in the sand. We get to stand up, and we get to speak when God tells you to speak. We, we, we have an opinion. You should have an opinion. Because Christ lives in you. God has an opinion. And that opinion is that he is, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That opinion is that every knee is going to bow. That opinion is that every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That never changes. His word never changes. So we actually, we're on the winning team, guys. We are on the winning side. And we've got to remember it. We've got to remember. We've got to remember this. No matter how, how dark or how many things are being thrown your way, we've got to remember that victory is in store for us. Because the spirit of victory, which is God Almighty, is in us already. He's in me already. So we have to know the truth and reject what's false. It's important that we know the truth, but we also reject what is false. First John. Oh, thank you, Father. First John chapter 5, because it says the wicked one, I want you to say this, the wicked one will not touch me. Because we're sons, we are sons of God. And it says we are of God and the world is under the sway of the wicked one. Yep, the world is under the sway of the wicked one. That's the world. We are in the world. We're not of the world. That's the world under the sway. Not the believers. We are not to be under the sway of the wicked one. The world. And it says, God has given you understanding. Keep yourself from idols. Now I'm going to read it to you from the word. That's just paraphrase. So 1 John 5, starting in 18 through 21. And it says, and we know that whoever is born of God. 
Are you born of God in this room? It says, whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Say, the wicked one will not touch me. The wicked one will not touch my family. The wicked one will not touch this church. You've got to get up and pray some pretty bold prayers. It's time that we get up and pray some bold prayers. It's time that we remember that the spirit of truth lives on the inside of us. There are people that are praying bold prayers, but they're not in the church. And they're not of the church. And we'll get there in a moment. So... We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us an understanding. He's given us an understanding. We, we understand. And when we don't know, we ask him and he will help us to understand. And then he says, little children, speaking to us, he says, keep yourselves from idols. Don't put anything above me. Don't let anything be above me. Don't let anything take that place in your heart. Keep yourself from idols. Don't let fear become an idol. Don't let, don't let, don't let unbelief become an idol. Don't let anything keep yourselves from idols. Why would he tell us to keep yourself from idols? If the potential to have an unidentified idol wouldn't be there. It is there. The potential. So that's why he says, keep yourself from these idols. Anything, anything that's above and puts itself above God in your life can be an idol. So we say, no, we're going to, Lord, search our hearts. We don't want to have any area that we are not aware of. Now, I want to tell you something. I, I say all of this, and I say that, I titled it, The Lord Laughs at the Enemy, because he does. I already gave you the scriptures in Psalm 2 and in Psalm 37. Some of you may have heard already just the crazy kind of bold, demonic, disgusting things that are out in the world. I mean, there are just so many things. We're not afraid of the enemy's tactics, Amen. but it is up to us to expose. Amen. Okay. So the Luciferian March, if you haven't heard already, is a one world government. Um, or, or they're pressing, I'm sorry, they're pressing for a one world government. How many of you in this room have heard, have already heard about this coming to pass? Okay, just, just a few of you. So the Luciferian march, they're, they're marching for, to try to establish a one world government. We already know what the Bible says in the book of Revelation, right? But we also know that we are to be the soldiers of God, saints of God right now to speak up, to have your voice and not to just, not to just roll over and play dead and let everything just come to pass because you've got a job to do for Jesus. We have a job to do for Jesus. So this Luciferian march, which is a march for a one world government, is scheduled. It's actually scheduled to be held tomorrow on Father's Day. On Father's Day. On Father's Day. Talk about that vindictive, disgusting. I'm telling you, what did the enemy want to do? He wanted to corrupt the families a long time ago, so he went after whom? He went after the fathers. Because if he can go after the father, first and foremost, he's got the family. That was his plan. Are we awake? Oh my goodness. Yes, on this, yeah, they're like, oh, well, it's on this uh, solar eclipse day. A high day of witchcraft. It's a high day. You know, one of, their, one of Satan's high days. 
Wait, is she saying this from the pulpit? Are we in church right now? Shouldn't she just be preaching from the Bible? Shouldn't she just be sticking to scripture? It is. That's right. It is. We need to be awakened. We need to be alert. When they go out the night before, and they have, and when they use their witches and their warlocks, and when they do these incantations, and when they do these spells to prepare, to, to prepare the ground for on the day of when they're going, they're saying, and if they can even erect statues of, of demonic spirits, you know, statues of demons, they're going to even try that. Well, we know they're going to do that eventually, but this is the plan for even tomorrow at five o'clock. Where? Public. Where? Cities. All, not just the nation, throughout the world. Yes. Throughout the world. You can go to public places and you can look on their public platform and see, are there any Luciferian marches planned for tomorrow? And you'll find yeah. them. Public, daylight, broad daylight. They're going to have a march for this one world government. But it's a Luciferian march. These marches, my goodness, they are intended to cause chaos. They are intended to cause, you know, obviously, and raising satanic monuments. You know, we sometimes, you, some, you know, a long time ago, if I would have said this a long time ago, some people would have said, oh, no, come on, that's not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. But where we are today, it's not even that unbelievable, unfortunately. Where we are today, it's not even that far. I think most people would say, gosh, wow, because we are, the days are dark. They're, they're dark. But I'll tell you right now, but God's light has not diminished. The light of Christ has not diminished. But why do I bring these things to you? Because it's my responsibility to bring them to you. Because God has entrusted me with the church. And he's entrusted me with the lives of people. That we, that I, you guys are mature. You're bold for God. I know you guys are bold for the Lord or you wouldn't be here. I understand that. But see, this is what God has said to me. He says, I want you. You know what he told me exactly? He said, I raised you up for such a time as this. He said, I made you an influencer and you, I want you to use your influence to speak on these things that are going out right now in the midst of our culture and bring the light of Christ. And that's what I am doing. That is exactly what I am doing. We win. Bottom line, we got this joy that no one can take. We have an assignment that the enemy cannot come against. We can try to come against, but he's not going to be victorious. Because we're going to keep our eyes on Jesus.